And I was thinking of the Chinese New Year message. The words that came to me is this verse. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. How many of you, this is your favorite verse? Yeah, I see hands. Someone said, what, what verse first? Uh, you tell me the verse, then I'll see if it's my favorite. <laughs> right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Right? This is a powerful verse. Many of us love this verse. And uh, we are being reminded of this verse is a great way to start our New Year. This is our Chinese New Year. Okay, this is the second most quoted verse in the Bible. The first being, of course, John 3.16, right? And this is the second because somehow it's such an uh, encouraging words for us. Lord, we pray to this morning once again, you will touch hearts and lives. Today, as we look into your word, I pray, Spirit of God, Spirit of God, breathe, breathe unto us, Lord. Breathe the word of God into our lives. Dear Lord, as we receive your word, we will truly be encouraged. We will truly, oh God, rise up in faith, oh God, to face this year, 2022, with your presence with your power anointing and the holy spirit that we can truly be victorious we thank you in jesus name we pray amen amen so this verse has been in wristband maxla right journals and this is a powerful verse i believe people love this verse because it's so encouraging the thought that god has good plans for me god has good intentions for me that even in the midst of suffering I can still be blessed. I can still be victorious. And He is with me. He can strengthen me. The background. Let's look at the background. Some people say, hey, you simply quote that. But look at the background. Maybe it's not so applicable. But actually it is. The background of Jeremiah chapter 29 is a letter from Jeremiah writing as God's prophet to the Israelites. Where were they? They were exiled in Babylon. They had been deported from Jerusalem to Babylon by the will of God. Because, you know, they were rebellious, always sinning against, and in spite that God was always merciful. God was a God of grace, and God wanted them to really bring them back to Him. But they rebelled against Him. And therefore, God allowed the Babylonians to invade Judah or Jerusalem to destroy Jerusalem and the temple and to carry the people into Babylon. So this is the background of this verse. It was written to a people in the midst of hardship, in the midst of suffering. And isn't it sometimes like us too? We have our challenges. We have our stress and difficulties. And these people... You know, in such a situation, hard time, they, they desire that God would immediately rescue them. That God, you bring us back to Jerusalem. But God's response was not to provide immediate rescue. But this was the answer in Jeremiah chapter 29. So, we're going to look into this passage 
uh, this verse to see how it applies to us as believers at this time. I'm going to use a few important words from this, uh, important words from this verse. And I have learned, I was reading an article on some of these Hebrew words. And it is so rich when you go back to some of those words, okay? So there are three points to this sermon. And you know, we have been in two years of isolation, right? Working from home, we come visit our family and members. We've been, some of us had to be quarantined. I was just quarantined a few, few days only because it, it was already some time. It was early, early stage uh, when it started. And we had to battle COVID. Some of us, those lost loved ones, has been quite difficult. We couldn't visit our loved ones during even our New Year or when they are sick. And, uh, you know, one of my uh, members who shared with me last, uh, last yesterday how when the mother died in the hospital, she couldn't even see, she couldn't go for a funeral and so on. And some of you might have experienced such things. Couldn't travel. Thank God things are loosening up. And uh, probably, thank God we are going to go, can go back to our homes for reunion. I'm going to go back to Rawang, where my mom is. But it'll be going to be some years before things come back to normalcy. So sadness, hopelessness, helplessness might grip our heart. We might be going through what the Jews are going through. Exiled in another nation. The people, not their people. Difficult times. So the first promise-filled declaration by the Lord Himself is this. I have plans for you. God has plans for me. Put in the chat, right, to emphasize, God has plans for me. God has plans for me. Even in this time, two years of isolation or, or lockdown or difficult time, God has plans for me. The word, the Hebrew word for no is yada, yada. And we know that God is omniscient. He knows everything. The Bible uses this word to proclaim God's complete knowledge of His creation. It's just not knowing a bit of us or what, but it is a complete knowledge. God knows everything about us. Nothing can be hidden from His knowledge or understanding. And God knows what makes you tick. God knows how we feel. God says in His Word that even before you were born, God knew you. Even before we were born with our mom's thumb, uh, womb, God knew us. God knows how many hairs we have on our head. It is such a detailed thing, right? God knows the hairs that we have. God knows when we cry. God knows what makes us sad, what worries us. He knows what we are able to bear in our temptation. And He will make a way of escape. Don't you think that someone who knows us so well, we're the best person, best person to make plans for us, to guide us. God knows our thoughts very well. So in this context, it's so encouraging that God wanted to state this in writing to the exiled Jews, that I have not forgotten you. Though you are in exile, though you are in the lockdown, you are in, you know, uh, seemingly in this pandemic, I have not forgotten you. 
God says, I still have plans for you. How many of you felt that in two years? God has like, forgotten us. God has taken a holiday. He's been silent. I've wasted, many of us will say, I've wasted two years. Uh, two years of, you know, maybe they're in a business or whatever. I've wasted two years. This 2021, uh, 2020 and 2021 was not what I wanted. It's so frustrating. Frustrating. We didn't get to have our own way, make our own plans. My business could have gone up and lots of things. What? What? Why do you do this to us? Have you forgotten us? And we are very disappointed. But here it says, I have plans for you. God Himself has developed a plan for me. The word plan, okay, going back to the Hebrew, is uh, in a noun form is mahshawa. And the meaning of this plan is invention, a thought, uh, something, a new ideas, new things for us. And we need new things. Sometimes they're so holding on to old things. We cannot have the new because we're holding on still tight to the new things. Our old things, we cannot have new. So Isaiah the prophet says, See, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see what God is doing? Do you not sense what I'm doing in your life? He says, forget. Stop dwelling in the past. Do you not see? Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. I'm making a way for you. I have plans for you. That's so encouraging. God's plans are never in the sense of concrete in a sense, right? They are flexible, adjusting to the circumstances in our life. Many of us say, one perfect plan, God has for me. What if that thing didn't turn out or you have gone away from that, the, uh, that situation and therefore that plan is gone and therefore you have second best, third best, fourth best. You know, you always keep that. If that guy you're supposed to marry, say, that's God's will for me. And then the fellow married another person. Then say, okay, then second best, never mind. Third best for that. So that's not, God's plan is not the concrete. You know, God adjusts to situations. Wow, the pandemic, right? Yeah. Okay, we have a pandemic, but God's plan still goes on. And God's new ways, new ideas for you still goes on. That's why we cherish and we love the word Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose, right? That all things, God knows that in all things, whatever the situation, the changes in our situation, Pastor Michael preached on that, right? Changes. Situation that didn't favor us, God can work off good, uh, for good for those who love Him. I share a testimony of a member. He says he's a bit shy, so he asked me, Don't mention my name, we just can use my testimony. And he invites us for a meal, some of us for a meal in thanksgiving to the Lord, thanking us for walking with Him in His journey. He had nose cancer last year. He went through a painful, difficult situation, going through radiotherapy. He did pray that he didn't need to go. He said, I, Lord, that I will not go through this chemo. God, give me a miracle. And hopefully, 
He was still hoping, hoping for a miracle. He said, I didn't get the miracle. But later he'll share his testimony uh, when I read out his testimony for you. He had to go to chemo. And this is his testimony. I couldn't swallow. I couldn't eat. My taste buds were gone and my mouth was infected due to the radiotherapy. My wife spoke to me and said, we listen to sermons every night. And I like what it says. And we would take it one day at a time. She worked from hospital throughout her, their stay, his stay at the hospital. When God said to me, I have forgiven you. I have equipped you to get through this. I have equipped you to get through this really difficult situation. And he said, I believe he has equipped my wife, he said. <laughs> in a sense, because his wife was so involved in his healing process. I now understand that the miracle wasn't immediate. It took time. It was in his time. Maybe it was a lesson that I needed to learn. We sometimes feel that God isn't there at our darkest moments. But I realize He's always been there. And will always be there for us. Praise the Lord for that lesson He has, has learned. He has felt the presence of God. He says, praise the Lord. God has never left us. So God is always working things out for good. He has chosen me for His purpose. God is always working things out for my good. God is always working out things for your good. So as you face 2022, know this, God is always working out for my good, for your good. You know, uh, Pastor Sunira shared about her cataract operation, right? Uh, not sure, sorry, not her, it's not cataract, hers, but I am more serious, you know, and it was uh, uh, another issue, and, it's, and her, her, that means the degree uh, was going higher, and her power was going higher and higher, and it was really causing concern. I also went through, hers was two, left and right eye, mine also two, and I went through cataract operation. Mine was once or earlier and later in the afternoon. So I'm not wearing specs, huh? You say, what happened to my specs? And not it's because of my, I had two of, uh, operations. So, and, and actually, I also prayed. I said, God, heal me. Take away my cataract, take away the blurness. Because I was already seeing some blur, you know, things already. I said, God, remove it. And I know that God can, right? Because when I was praying last time, I shared with you a testimony. I was one, had one growth here on my, this eye, in the corner of my eye. And I prayed and prayed and that, that, I did not that the growth not I didn't this disappear. The 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 growth disappeared. The growth left. I said, God, you can do it. But it was a different way that God healed me, of course. I went for a cataract operation, thank God it's a success. I don't really need specs now. Then I can still read, right? My notes. And then uh even those small ones may be a bit difficult. But you know. But God was with me. I knew what it meant to be fearful before going for the operation. And I learned to trust God. God, you're with me. You have good plans for you, not to harm me. So the second part is, God has plans to prosper us. God has plans to prosper us.
to prosper us. The second promise-filled declaration. I know the plans I have for you. I know these are plans. And what type of plans? Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. What is this prosperity that uh, God is speaking about in this verse? Many of us were like, this prosperity, you know. And uh, we're going to McDonald's. They also name uh, prosperity burger, right? Everyone likes the word prosperity. Chinese New Year, we talk of Kong Hei Fa Choi, Ong you know, profit, fortune, financial gain. And that is generally our idea of prosperity. We all say, yeah, huh? prosperity. Right in the chat, God loves to prosper me. Like those who are online, right on the chat, God loves to prosper me. I want to use that word love, you know. Because it says here, right, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you. But, you know, I, I see it as God, hey, you know, I want to prosper you. But I didn't use the word one. I love to prosper you. It's God's desire to prosper us. And of course, we'll look at what is the word prosper. Okay, the Hebrew word for prosper you is the word shalom. Famous, right? Our greetings too. And we write, shalom, shalom. It is a Peace, many times the word, right, has to do with peace. But its true meaning is more than just peace. It's not just peace alone. It is, what is it? It's more than just absent from conflict, from problems, from fights, from striving. It's very loaded. The word, shalom. Shalom. Turn to your name and say, shalom. Very loaded word. Shalom refers to restoration, wholeness, fullness. There's another popular word, right, in the New Testament. And uh, I received this greeting, this Third John 2, from one of uh, a friend. A friend of 40 years, I've never seen him. But in his text, he said, you know, 40 years, he was formerly from Glad Tidings, 40 years ago. And now he's uh, in another state. And he wrote me this, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. Though he used it in another version. But I wish above all things that you may prosper. And in the New Testament Greek, the word prosperity in this tense means the welfare, the well-being. And of course, it does include the area of finance. Right? Prosperity itself, in the, word, in the sense, there is the financial blessing. But it's more than just financial, it's well-being, the welfare of your soul, of every area of your life. To me, when I say shalom, I see it in the words that John 10.10. 10. To me, I see it very clearly when Jesus himself said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That you and I can have life to the full. The devil comes to steal, to kill, to destroy our lives. In every area, he tries to rob us of the joy, rob us of our finances, rob us of our faith. In every area, he wants to destroy us. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. And to me, it's that shalom. It's that abundant life. So shalom is the fullness of life which God intends. 
It, the definitions of shalom, it is completeness, safety, soundness, welfare, health, prosperity, peace, quiet, tranquility, contentment, peace, friendship in our human relationships. We can prosper in our relationship with one another. We are prospering in our relation with God in the spiritual. So really, I say, I want you to prosper is a holistic word, not just in the financial. We can have lots of money, but yet we can be bankrupt, right? In so many other areas. God wants that full range, entire range of well-being for us. You know, we're going to start, as Pastor Mayfong has announced, we're going to start a new series on full life. Wow, that'll be exciting. And uh, various pastors and ministers will be preaching on areas, different areas, right? What it means in the area of our physical, mental, spiritual, every area. Therefore, let's get excited. God has this full life for us. And it says, I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Not to, to for evil. And I'm sure in this context of the Israelites, uh, when they were in Babylon, right, being captives, being exiled, they would say, God, you have forgotten us. God, you want to punish us, cow cow, you know, you know, because of our disobedience. You mean it for our harm, our evil. You say, we punish you, we'll get, uh, destroy you, you know, and that vengeance like that. But God says here so clearly, is this message written to who? To the exiles? Yes. He writes it to say, hey, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you. Not sending you to Babylon that you will suffer and be tortured and destroyed. That's why he wrote to them also. You know, uh, he says that, go, marry, build houses, stay there, pray for the city. When you pray for city and it's prosperous, you will be blessed too. So he did tell them what to do in that late nation in Babylon. He wants them to prosper even there in Babylon when they are exiled. So wherever we are, he's saying, don't just exist. Don't just, you know, a while your time, you know, we are exiled here, you know, and we are waiting to be going back to uh, the old ways and the old nation. But he said, don't just exist. I want to prosper you here. Where you are in Jerusalem, uh, in Babylon, you can prosper. So therefore, in the situation where we are, whatever difficulty, situation, your business is whatever, God wants to help you to prosper. And I'm saying the word prosper in that fullness, even in your situation of a pandemic, of isolation, that you and I can still be prosperous. Look at Joseph. Joseph, if you're Joseph and you went to so many circumstances, you know what you'll say? Somebody out there hates me. Somebody up there hates me. Right? So, right, uh, uh, his, his own brothers wanted to kill him, sold into slavery. Uh, his, his, uh, his brother was so jealous of him because of it, being a favorite of his dad. And, uh, and so into to the Ishmaelites, bought by Potiphar, accused by his wife of trying to be hamsab uh, to her, and thrown into jail, and interpreted the dream of the cupbearer and the baker who forgot him, the cupbearer forgot him, 
you know, Joseph can see. When you think of Joseph, you think of a man who just trusted God. Every situation of his life, in those difficult situations, he did what was right. And God prospered him to the second highest position in Egypt. God can turn things around for you and I. You know, I don't know your situation. But I know that God can turn things around. God can work out good for you. His plans, His new ideas, new ways. Don't be locked into this is the only way and I want to go this way, my way. But God has new ideas, new ways. Forget the past, the old ways of doing things. God has new ways. The third promise, filled decoration. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you a future with hope. God gives me hope. Right in the, the chat, God gives me hope. And believe it, God gives me hope. When you are hopeless, when you don't have hope, it really drains you and you have no will to live anymore. That's why God says this, I gave you a hope. Hope, a future with hope. I use this to say a future with hope. Your future. Some people say there's no hope. Look at what's going on. Let's look at the world. Look at Malaysia. Look at, you know, when you have no hope, that's when you give up. We die inside us when we don't have hope. That's what God had to say. I give you a future with hope. Hebrew word for hope is tikwa. Tikwa. And it's more than just a longing, not just a, a wishing. It's an expectation of obtaining what we desire. The picture that God paints of the word hope is a cord. A cord woven together to which we can hold on to. We hold on to that hope because He is our hope. He is our anchor. God gives us a future with hope. Everyone believe that? God gives us a future with hope, says Amen. Amen, that's right. The word for future is akarit. Akarit. Let me talk about this word, very interesting. What is unusual about this word is, literally it means what, no? Afterward, future, right? The word is future. But it means afterward, backwards. Huh? What the word for future? Afterward, backwards? But how can we describe this? There's one, H.W. Uh, Wolf who says this. The Hebrew concept of time, future, is like a man rowing a boat. Okay, imagine. How do you row a boat? This way, right? Are you facing where you're heading or you're facing the, where you have gone? You're facing, the back is facing towards where you're supposed to go. So you're rowing. Having to back towards where you're going and you're facing where you move away from. So let's say this, A. So we're moving from A to B. You're looking at A. So we see where we have been. This is the present. I see, okay, this year I had this problem. This year God was so good for me. Wow, this year, don't I? And then I'm moving towards the, I'm back towards the future and we can't see the back in a sense, right? We can't see our future. It's unknown to us. It's behind. 
So the picture has some powerful lessons in it. God, first of all, sets our future. God sets our future, sets our course. Since it's behind us, but God sees, so He sets it. What we can see is the past, our past, right? Or in our present. This is happening. Whereas we see our past, it's lessons for us to learn. We see our past, it is, wow, God has been so good to us. God has helped me in this situation. God. Therefore, because of our experiences with God, because of our experiences of other people shared, we can face our future, whether it's because our back it is, we might, can still face our future because we have seen God in action. We have seen God's goodness. We have seen how people has helped people. And it guides us. It's guide for us. Maybe learn from us. Our past, we learn from our failures, but we don't stop there. We don't, don't allow our failures to trap us that we can't move forward. Therefore, we need, and this is the hope God gives us. I have hope for the future because God is the one who is guiding me. So all of us want to know the future, right? We want to predict. That's why they have a horoscope. La. They go to mediums. Uh, what's the future for me? Da, da. But God knows our future. When we see our present, we see God's goodness, it helps us and guides us to what God wants us, where God wants us to take us. That is, whether we are healed or not, God uses everything for some purpose, a greater purpose than we often can see. So whatever the situation, we can see God, why did I go to the situation? Thank you, I've learned something from you. Give me a say, yeah. God has taught him something, even from that situation. My outlook has changed in life. I see God, a good God, a loving God, a prosperous God. Sometimes we fail God, and all of us have failed. And we always expect, oh no, I'm going to go already, bye bye. Because I've done this, I've done it. But God is more gracious than we. Take him or make him to be. God is a loving God, a generous God, a wonderful God. Many times I will say, hey God, I deserve it. What I did, I deserve it. But God strangely you now reaches out in another way and shows his mercy and his grace. And that will make me feel, you know, and I say, okay, I can do wrong. No, it's not that tough. I can do worse. No. When God is so merciful to you, so gracious to you, when you have made mistakes in life, in your business and whatever, say, God, yeah, I, need to, I deserve to be punished here. But when you repent and return to God, God is more gracious to you than you always ever think. And that is the time when I say, God, I thank you, you do not judge me. I thank you, you do not judge me. Because you have great plans for me. Yes. I turn to you for my wrong. Let God lead you and guide you in these difficult times. We must move forward by trusting God's direction and not fear. We back into the future. We back into the future. First rowing, rowing, backing up into the future. But let's learn to trust God. Allow God to set our course since only He can see behind us. The past is the visible guide for our course into the future. If we are backing into the future, we must trust the guide. We cannot see where we are going. 
but He can. He can. Do you have hope? Have you lost a bit of your hope? Do you continue to have faith in God? When we look backwards, we see that God was in control. Even when it looked like our lives were out of control. You know, when I was in the Damansara Jaya Connect Group, and we talk about words that, um, one word that would describe 2021. And of course, there are words that it has been tough. Yes, it's been difficult. New things that we need to learn. But all of these people, all the ladies who shared also said, but it has been a good year. It has been a good year. You have seen the grace of the Lord upon our lives. We have seen so many things that God did for us. And that's how we go into 2022, knowing God has good plans for us. God is a good God. I want to just end with the following verses because I just touched on Jeremiah 29 verse 11. What do we need to do? Jeremiah chapter 29, 12 to 14. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart and I will be found by you, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord declares. This is the word. I will be found of you. I will listen to you. So sometimes when you pray, you will say, God, are you listening to me? Are you hearing me? His here is so clear. I will be found of you in your difficulties, in your challenges, your situations. I will be found of you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him and He will make your path straight. That's what another version of Jeremiah 29, 11. Call to me, call to me. Keep your eyes on me. You know, many years ago when I went up a mountain, I'm not sure if it's a clang gates, I was climbing, 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 climbing up. And then I realized it's so high, we've gone so high. And when I come down, I really literally fear creep in because if I'm going to go down and just one slip, I will have tumbled down the, the hill already, the mountain side. And I was saying, can you go down and send a helicopter or ask people to come and help me out? I was so fearful. But somehow, the guy said, hey, I will lead you down. And every step, I dare not look down the cliff, you know. Because really, seriously, I would have lost my life if I just one slip. I look at the guy where he steps. I will try to step there, following his direction until I went there to safety. It was a fearful thing. And every time that I say I can sleep, but there was someone I was following. The same way in your situation that you do not want what to do, look to the Lord. Say, God, what do I do now? What do I do now? Yesterday, I shared a, had a testimony of a lady. So many trials she went through, nearly losing a child. And then the, the daughter also had a, some issues, some health issues. And, and then the mother died of 
COVID. And she went through all this and I, one word that I heard her say, one was so clear is, what, God, what do I do? God, what's the next thing I do? And the same thing, look to the Lord, seek Him and you will find Him. He will respond. He himself will take action and make it possible for you. We are going to close with a song. He knows my name. And after that, we will declare. We're going to have some decorations. So don't leave after the song. We're going to have some decorations. Uh, decorations of what God said of us. Let's declare what the Lord has for us. Promise-filled decorations for us. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Yes, those at home too. Stand to your feet. Let's worship. And may this song speak to your heart. Okay, let's concentrate. It's harder for us at home, those at home. But it is the time. 2022, say, God, this year, rebuild my faith in you. Rebuild my hope that I will listen to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man.
God of my present, God of my future, you write my story, you hold it all together, that's the story of your life, I just want to end with the wife's story, that's how I told you about her husband, how she he went through, the wife said, you know, it was so difficult, my husband fainted, fell on the floor. It was a hot tuck, tuck, tuck. And then, but she said, somehow the calmness of the Lord was with me. I called the hospital, you know, managed to get him to the hospital when, you know, it was such a heavy fall in the toilet with the, in the wall and so on. He said, you know, thank God there was no concussion. 45 days in the hospital, she worked from home. Not from home, from hospital. W, yeah. Worked from hospital, there working. It was dark time, she said. It was so difficult. You know, but she said, as I said, take it each day at a time. Massage him, prayed with him, hearing the word of God. Say, let us not give up. He nearly wanted to give up. He said, I do not want any more chemo. Just let me be if I, I, I just want to, you know, if whatever happens, but they held on. Say, hey, God is there for us. For the days, the strength of God put them through. And she said, God has healed my husband of nose cancer. Praise the Lord. He's well. He's cancer free. Praise the Lord. He said, 80% of his taste bud has come back. He looked so good when we had a dinner of Thanksgiving. And that's what God can do. He knows, he knows their name. <laughs> and he helped them through. He said, God, God was there for us. No, we thought he wasn't. Well, let's declare this in closing. There's three promise-filled decorations. Father God, can you show the decorations? And all of us can read it together. Okay, Father God, I thank you. I declare, everybody read it together. I declare, you have plans for me. Thank you for the good plans you have purpose for me. You enlarge my vision of you and enable me to trust you and your word through every circumstance of my life. Knowing your thoughts towards me are only good continually. Thank you for always working things out for my good. May you reveal your plans to me, establish me, direct me, and make secure my heart as I take delight in you. Next one. I declare you love to prosper me. Jeremiah 29, 11, testify of your desire 
to have a relationship with me, to grant me peace. And, I, and I, just, I desire and claim your shalom for my life. I declare that I can prosper and be victorious even amid challenges that I face. I receive the full life you have given me. I receive wholeness, health, prosperity, peace, contentment, safety, soundness, and joy. I declare you give me hope. Though I may not see my future, I can trust your leading and not have any fear. I will rebuild my faith, renew my vision, restore my love for you. I trust in you with all my heart and submit to you and know you will make my path straight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 May the Word of God pull you through in whatever difficulties. And, and the lady, the woman that I said, she said, this also, this was held us for so many, so many of the uh, months that we went through this. That God has a good future for you. A future of hope. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Yes, we have declared your blessings, your promises for us. And we thank you for each one here and those who are online. May your blessings fall. And in this Chinese New Year, as we go back for reunions, time with friends and family, may your presence be with us. Be safe. Lord, we will be safe. We will be protected in the name of Jesus. Surround us, O oh God, with your presence and put a hedge of protection over our lives. And may the name of Jesus be glorified in our relationship that we will be sought and light to those around us. We thank you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Those online. <laughs>